0: Drone Talks is an online platform to spread ideas and to educate in the drone ecosystem. At Drone Talks, we discuss technology, regulatory, business and ecosystem topics openly with industry leaders to enable and foster innovation for a better future. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'm talking with Brandon Schulman, Vice President of Policy and Legal Affairs at DJI. Welcome, Brandon.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: So, Brandon, you have a privileged perspective on a huge variety of use cases uh, with emerging drones these days. And uh, I should admit that I love following you on Twitter and you regularly post on social media about how drones are saving lives and a lot of positive impact of the drones on our ecosystem. And I was just wondering, Okay, currently, drones saving lives, but what's going to happen in one, two, three years? What do you think? What's coming next?
1: Well, uh, look, it's uh, it's really great to see those stories of drones saving lives. I've been in the industry for several years now, and I, I always knew this moment would come when people's lives were being saved. But we're now at a point where we're, we're seeing stories like that every week, so much so that we created an online interactive map so you can You can actually look for your own region or country or city and see whether there's a a drone rescue there. And of course, we are happy to receive additional submissions. But I think what's next is is to bring that to to scale, have more public safety agencies and other organizations that are in a position to help people adopting the technology and using it. You know, we're still not even close to a situation of having, let's say, a drone on every fire truck, where we, we, we know in the industry that these benefits exist, they're here today, but we still have only a fraction of the adoption out there.
0: Yes, I can see that. So I see that DJI has a lot of activities, you know, to increasing uh, the the drones and scale operation. One was that the remote identification project which you have done. So, can you explain your perspective on how to implement an effective remote ID solution? What, what does it what does it mean effective?
1: Sure. So, I personally have been working on remote ID since early 2017, and you know what would be effective is uh, remote identification, which I think we all we all know is is a mechanism to identify the drone and, and who's flying it. What would be effective is for that to actually be widely adopted and, and, and useful. And the way you get there, I, I really think, is to make it easy and simple, affordable or cheap or even free. So it's, it's like a car license plate. You put it on your car. Yes, it identifies who owns or drives the car, but that's it. You don't have to mess with it or, or, or think about it as you're driving. And so Remote ID should be like that. Like, sure, we have to solve this issue of accountability and security, we absolutely support that. But solutions that are going to cost a ton of money or that are going to be too complicated because you have to log in and out uh, or that are invasive of your privacy by collecting a lot of drone operational data, drone you know, that's data that companies obviously want to protect. Those would be impediments to an effective solution. So the key really is in finding the technology implementations that are going to be cheap and, and easy and practical uh, in both the short-term and the long-term.
0: That means accessibility, I guess, for DJI, So, say. But, but did you see the EU drone regulations, I guess? What do you think about that? What DJI think about the new EU drone rules? Yeah,
1: the new rules are very good. Uh, that's, a, that's a risk-based approach. It's practical, it's understandable, and I think will really help, uh, as we were just discussing, scale the operations, get more people uh, using the technology for all kinds of missions, including uh, saving lives. So we're very much looking forward to implementation next year. I think there is a question, a, a real concern, uh, whether the states are prepared to uh, adopt it and sort of what the schedule will be there. So we sort of encouraging uh, the states to, to get ready to start uh, changing some of the regulations that were created long ago and really didn't make uh, much sense and I think have been. An impediment to widespread adoption, because there's now really a, a great set, particularly in the open category, where you know an, anyone can take advantage of the technology with a reasonable set of requirements and, and rules, and, and really we'll see uh, even more wonderful life-saving stories.
0: That, that sounds really promising. So, talking about the state, I have a feeling, you know, DJI is currently under an increasing pressure with mounting concerts about this national security you know especially in the US and uh, i was just wondering you know because i listened to your keynote at the airworks conference the DJI airworks conference and uh, you said that the drone bans will ultimately limit our choices as consumers. But what is your concrete answer to those who are genuinely concerned about a possible threat to national security?
1: Well, we take that issue very seriously and I, I really do think that if you know the technology, you already understand that, that those concerns can be and have been addressed. And it starts from the most basic proposition of what, you know, what is a drone? I think you you and I know that a drone is a flying camera. You decide where you point it, what you take pictures of, so if you're someone who does sensitive work with aerial photography you can choose what to point that camera at or not. So that's very different from other technologies, maybe social media or networking equipment that have to be connected, have to exchange data, and therefore are always in a position to pose a, a risk. So first of all just take pictures, use the drone for things that are not sensitive or use it without internet connectivity. You know, all of our products, and and I think every product on the market does not require an internet connection to function. So you can conduct your missions, use the products without any risk of data transfer, and you can confirm that on your own that there's no data transmission. You can use a smartphone as your ground control station without a SIM card or without a a Wi-Fi being enabled. Beyond that, though, we've developed a lot of features that provide added assurance as well as functionality. So we have local data mode. We just announced we're going to be expanding that after the um, the audit that was conducted by the FTI consulting firm that found that in fact, as as we've been saying for a couple of years, that feature does cut off the data transmission between our technology and anywhere. So there's your, your assurance uh, on a feature that's widely available. And we've done a lot of other things. We've created a government edition for federal agencies here in the United States at their request, and that's been validated by the Department of Homeland Security's Idaho National Laboratory, uh, by NASA. There was a, um, separately there was a Booz Allen Hamilton study that was done for Precision Hawk, an, an American company, and they concluded that there was no evidence of data connections to China or DJI or any, any um, unexpected party. So we have this series of evidence-based conclusions that show in, in various different ways why what we've been saying for a long time is in fact true. The the data is not automatically coming to us. We have no business model or interest in the data. We we manufacture and sell the hardware and it's the best in the world. And if you wanna secure and protect your data, there's at least four or five different ways uh, to do that. And again, I think people who actually use these drones understand that. It's possible that policymakers as usual and as we've seen for years, don't quite understand the technology. As I said in the keynote, we're now seeing competitors who think they have an advantage, an edge in raising these fears and attacking us, when I think quite clearly that's going to hurt everyone. If we create more fear and we scare people about drones that not only are spying on your backyard but they're sending that data to China when they're not, we're all going to lose. So the you know the trend here is very disturbing in that these these false security pretexts are being used to drive policy that would limit your choice and essentially take away that life-saving equipment, for example in, in these wildfires that are happening in the western United States. It's it's really just a terrible direction for someone like me who's been doing this drone policy work for like seven years now.
0: I can see that and and I find it really interesting your thoughts about connectivity and data and, uh, and uh, aligning to that, like what's your position? about uh, connected drones and more general about general and UTM and the role that UTM services will have in the future.
1: Uh, yeah, those are all great things and my, my point was that, sure, the people who want, it, want connectivity and all the advantages can do that and we have our, our secure functions. For example, um, FTI Consulting examined the Pilot, PE and, and Flight of Enterprise software which connects to your private server. So all that is possible and, and can be done securely my point is that there's a very simple answer to these allegations at least right now and with the current equipment which is there's no need to connect them now of course uh, in you know in in the future and depending on your particular application there may be a lot of advantage in being connected perhaps you're you know one day when we have beyond visual line of sight operations you're going to want you're not even going to be on site as a pilot with the drone okay like that future will come and, and utm certainly is a part of that to enable the advanced operations. But as we've been saying for a long time in the, in the aviation safety context, it really always makes sense to solve problems, identify and mitigate risk. So if the operation is very basic, for example, you're fighting a fire in a building, the data you need is right there at the building and the firefighters are at the building. I don't think connectivity matters. You're also within visual line of sight when you fly. So that's a scenario when, when connectivity really, I don't think, would add much and certainly wouldn't be necessary. If however, you're doing a mission, perhaps even firefighting from miles away remotely with some kind of automated drone system that doesn't really exist today. All right, then we have a, an amazing and wonderful future of using drones in a way that aren't yet allowed. And when we get there, we absolutely are, are supportive of solutions that will enable that. And I do think as, as we've explained in, in papers that, and, and discussions we've had on this topic, globally for at least the past three years, part of that solution will be onboard technologies. You'll need the drone itself to have some intelligence, you know, navigation and awareness. Perhaps it's vehicle-to-vehicle communications, perhaps it's uh, sensors, ADSB, for example, which we are now equipping in our drones above 250 grams. That's a technology that creates situational awareness for the drone itself. So you could have some self-navigation. You can also have route planning and, and strategic deconfliction through a UTM system. You bring all these things together, and we're gonna have uh, all kinds of amazing applications. But there's a lot, you know, all those lives that we, we've mentioned, and, and you know, we're up to 450 people who've been rescued and counting on that map, those were all done visual line of sight. So of course, there's tremendous value even in the operations you can do today without connectivity and without UTM.
0: Great, thanks, Brendan. It was nice talking to you, and thanks for joining to Drone Talks.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Great talking to you too. Take care. This podcast
0: was brought to you by Drone Talks Online, a platform designed to spread ideas and educate in the drone ecosystem. Search for dronetalks.online to hear from more of our industry leaders and to find out how you can get involved.